Section seventy eight of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book eleven, chapter nine. The Devil, Ivan's Nightmare. I am not a doctor, but yet I feel that the moment has come when I must inevitably give the reader some account of the nature of Ivan's illness anticipating events i can say at least one thing he was at that moment on the very eve of an attack of brain fever though his health had long been affected it had offered a stubborn resistance to the fever which in the end gained complete mastery over it though i know nothing of medicine i venture to hazard the suggestion that he really had perhaps by a terrible effort of will succeeded in delaying the attack for a time hoping of course to check it completely he knew that he was unwell but he loathed the thought of being ill at that fatal time at the approaching crisis in his life when he needed to have all his wits about him to say what he had to say boldly and resolutely and to justify himself to himself he had however consulted the new doctor who had been brought from moscow by a fantastic notion of katerina ivanovna's to which i have referred already after listening to him and examining him the doctor came to the conclusion that he was actually suffering from some disorder of the brain and was not at all surprised by an admission which ivan had reluctantly made him hallucinations are quite likely in your condition the doctor opined though it would be better to verify them you must take steps at once without a moment's delay or things will go badly with you but ivan did not follow this judicious advice and did not take to his bed to be nursed i am walking about so i am strong enough if i drop it'll be different then anyone may nurse me who likes he decided dismissing the subject and so he was sitting almost conscious himself of his delirium and as i have said already looking persistently at some object on the sofa against the opposite wall someone appeared to be sitting there though goodness knows how he had come in for he had not been in the room when ivan came into it on his return from smerdyakov this was a person or more accurately speaking a russian gentleman of a particular kind no longer young qui faisait la cinquantaine as the french say with rather long still thick dark hair slightly streaked with gray and a small pointed beard he was wearing a brownish reefer jacket rather shabby evidently made by a good tailor though and of a fashion at least three years old that had been discarded by smart and well-to-do people for the last two years his linen and his long scarf-like necktie were all such as are worn by people who aim at being stylish but on closer inspection his linen was not over-clean and his wide scarf was very threadbare the visitor's check trousers were of excellent cut but were too light in color and too tight for the present fashion his soft fluffy white hat was out of keeping with the season in brief there was every appearance of gentility on straitened means it looked as though the gentleman belonged to that class of idle landowners who used to flourish in the times of serfdom 
he had unmistakably been at some time in good and fashionable society had once had good connections had possibly preserved them indeed but after a gay youth becoming gradually impoverished on the abolition of serfdom he had sunk into the position of a poor relation of the best class wandering from one good old friend to another and received by them for his companionable and accommodating disposition and as being after all a gentleman who could be asked to sit down with any one though of course not in a place of honour such gentlemen of accommodating temper and dependent position who can tell a story take a hand at cards and who have a distinct aversion for any duties that may be forced upon them are usually solitary creatures either bachelors or widowers sometimes they have children but if so the children are always being brought up at a distance at some aunt's to whom these gentlemen never allude in good society seeming ashamed of the relationship they gradually lose sight of their children altogether though at intervals they receive a birthday or christmas letter from them and sometimes even answer it the countenance of the unexpected visitor was not so much good-natured as accommodating and ready to assume any amiable expression as occasion might arise he had no watch but he had a tortoise-shell lorgnette on a black ribbon on the middle finger of his right hand was a massive gold ring with a cheap opal stone in it ivan was angrily silent and would not begin the conversation the visitor waited and sat exactly like a poor relation who had come down from his room to keep his host company at tea and was discreetly silent seeing that his host was frowning and preoccupied but he was ready for any affable conversation as soon as his host should begin it all at once his face expressed a sudden solicitude i say he began to ivan excuse me i only mention it to remind you you went to smerdyakov's to find out about katerina ivanovna but you came away without finding out anything about her you probably forgot ah yes broke from ivan and his face grew gloomy with uneasiness yes i'd forgotten but it doesn't matter now never mind till to-morrow he muttered to himself and you he added addressing his visitor i should have remembered that myself in a minute for that was just what was tormenting me why do you interfere as if i should believe that you prompted me and that i didn't remember it of myself don't believe it then said the gentleman smiling amicably what's the good of believing against your will besides proofs are no help to believing especially material proofs thomas believed not because he saw christ risen but because he wanted to believe before he saw look at the spiritualists for instance i am very fond of them only fancy they imagine that they are serving the cause of religion because the devils show them their horns from the other world that they say is a material proof so to speak of the existence of another world the other world and material proofs what next and if you come to that does proving there's a devil prove that there's a god i want to join an idealist society i'll lead the opposition in it i'll say i am a realist but not a materialist 
listen ivan suddenly got up from the table i seem to be delirious i am delirious in fact talk any nonsense you like i don't care you won't drive me to fury as you did last time but i feel somehow ashamed i want to walk about the room i sometimes don't see you and don't even hear your voice as i did last time but i always guess what you are prating for it's i i myself speaking not you only i don't know whether i was dreaming last time or whether i really saw you i'll wet a towel and put it on my head and perhaps you'll vanish into air ivan went into the corner took a towel and did as he said and with a wet towel on his head began walking up and down the room i am so glad you treat me so familiarly the visitor began fool laughed ivan do you suppose i should stand on ceremony with you i'm in good spirits now though i've a pain in my forehead and in the top of my head only please don't talk philosophy as you did last time if you can't take yourself off talk of something amusing talk gossip you are a poor relation you ought to talk gossip what a nightmare to have but i am not afraid of you i'll get the better of you i won't be taken to a madhouse c'est charmant poor relation yes i am in my natural shape for what am i on earth but a poor relation by the way i am listening to you and am rather surprised to find that you are actually beginning to take me for something real not simply your fancy as you persisted in declaring last time never for one minute have i taken you for reality ivan cried with a sort of fury you are a lie you are my illness you are a phantom it's only that i don't know how to destroy you and i see i must suffer for a time you are my hallucination you are the incarnation of myself but only of one side of me of my thoughts and feelings but only the nastiest and stupidest of them from that point of view you might be of interest to me if only i had time to waste on you excuse me excuse me i'll catch you when you flew out at alyosha under the lamp-post this evening and shouted to him you learnt it from him how do you know that he visits me you were thinking of me then so for one brief moment you did believe that i really exist the gentleman laughed blandly yes that was a moment of weakness but i couldn't believe in you i don't know whether i was asleep or awake last time perhaps i was only dreaming then and didn't see you really at all and why were you so surly with alyosha just now he is a dear i've treated him badly over father zossima don't talk of alyosha how dare you you flunkey ivan laughed again you scold me but you laugh that's a good sign but you are ever so much more polite than you were last time and i know why that great resolution of yours don't speak of my resolution cried ivan savagely i understand i understand c'est noble c'est charmant you are going to defend your brother and to sacrifice yourself c'est chevaleresque hold your tongue i'll kick you i shan't be altogether sorry for then my object will be attained 
if you kick me you must believe in my reality for people don't kick ghosts joking apart it doesn't matter to me scold if you like though it's better to be a trifle more polite even to me fool flunky what words scolding you i scold myself ivan laughed again you are myself myself only with a different face you just say what i am thinking and are incapable of saying anything new if i am like you in my way of thinking it's all to my credit the gentleman declared with delicacy and dignity you choose out only my worst thoughts and what's more the stupid ones you are stupid and vulgar you are awfully stupid no i can't put up with you what am i to do what am i to do ivan said through his clenched teeth my dear friend above all things i want to behave like a gentleman and to be recognized as such the visitor began in an excess of deprecating and simple-hearted pride typical of a poor relation i am poor but i won't say very honest but it's an axiom generally accepted in society that i am a fallen angel i certainly can't conceive how i can ever have been an angel if i ever was it must have been so long ago that there's no harm in forgetting it now i only prize the reputation of being a gentlemanly person and live as i can trying to make myself agreeable i love men genuinely i've been greatly calumniated here when i stay with you from time to time my life gains a kind of reality and that's what i like most of all you see like you i suffer from the fantastic and so i love the realism of earth here with you everything is circumscribed here all is formulated and geometrical while we have nothing but indeterminate equations i wander about here dreaming i like dreaming besides on earth i become superstitious please don't laugh that's just what i like to become superstitious i adopt all your habits here i've grown fond of going to the public baths would you believe it and i go and steam myself with merchants and priests what i dream of is becoming incarnate once for all and irrevocably in the form of some merchant's wife weighing eighteen stone and of believing all she believes my ideal is to go to church and offer a candle in simple-hearted faith upon my word it is then there would be an end to my sufferings i like being doctored too in the spring there was an outbreak of smallpox and i went and was vaccinated in a foundling hospital if only you knew how i enjoyed myself that day i subscribed ten roubles in the cause of the slavs but you are not listening do you know you are not at all well this evening i know you went yesterday to that doctor well what about your health what did the doctor say fool ivan snapped out but you are clever anyway you are scolding again i didn't ask out of sympathy you needn't answer now rheumatism has come in again fool repeated ivan 
you keep saying the same thing but i had such an attack of rheumatism last year that i remember it to this day the devil have rheumatism why not if i sometimes put on fleshly form i put on fleshly form and i take the consequences satan sum et nihil humanum a me alienum puto what what satan sum et nihil humanum that's not bad for the devil i am glad i've pleased you at last but you didn't get that from me ivan stopped suddenly seeming struck that never entered my head that's strange c'est de nouveau n'est-ce pas this time i'll act honestly and explain to you listen in dreams and especially in nightmares from indigestion or anything a man sees sometimes such artistic visions such complex and real actuality such events even a whole world of events woven into such a plot with such unexpected details from the most exalted matters to the last button on a cuff as i swear leo tolstoy has never invented yet such dreams are sometimes seen not by writers but by the most ordinary people officials journalists priests the subject is a complete enigma a statesman confessed to me indeed that all his best ideas came to him when he was asleep well that's how it is now though i am your hallucination yet just as in a nightmare i say original things which had not entered your head before so i don't repeat your ideas yet i am only your nightmare nothing more you are lying your aim is to convince me you exist apart and are not my nightmare and now you are asserting you are a dream my dear fellow i've adopted a special method to-day i'll explain it to you afterwards stay where did i break off oh yes i caught cold then only not here but yonder where is yonder tell me will you be here long can't you go away ivan exclaimed almost in despair he ceased walking to and fro sat down on the sofa leaned his elbows on the table again and held his head tight in both hands he pulled the wet towel off and flung it away in vexation it was evidently of no use your nerves are out of order observed the gentleman with a carelessly easy though perfectly polite air you are angry with me even for being able to catch cold though it happened in a most natural way i was hurrying then to a diplomatic soiree at the house of a lady of high rank in petersburg who was aiming at influence in the ministry well an evening suit white tie gloves though i was god knows where and had to fly through space to reach your earth of course it took only an instant but you know a ray of light from the sun takes full eight minutes and fancy in an evening suit and open waistcoat spirits don't freeze but when one's in fleshly form well in brief i didn't think and set off and you know in those ethereal spaces in the water that is above the firmament there's such a frost at least one can't call it frost you can fancy one hundred and fifty degrees below zero 
you know the game the village girls play they invite the unwary to lick an axe in thirty degrees of frost the tongue instantly freezes to it and the dupe tears the skin off so it bleeds but that's only in thirty degrees in one hundred and fifty degrees i imagine it would be enough to put your finger on the axe and it would be the end of it if only there could be an axe there and can there be an axe there ivan interrupted carelessly and disdainfully he was exerting himself to the utmost not to believe in the delusion and not to sink into complete insanity an axe the guest interrupted in surprise yes what would become of an axe there ivan cried suddenly with a sort of savage and insistent obstinacy what would become of an axe in space quelle idée if it were to fall to any distance it would begin i think flying round the earth without knowing why like a satellite the astronomers would calculate the rising and the setting of the axe gatsuk would put it in his calendar that's all you are stupid awfully stupid said ivan peevishly fib more cleverly or i won't listen you want to get the better of me by realism to convince me that you exist but i don't want to believe you exist i won't believe it but i am not fibbing it's all the truth the truth is unhappily hardly ever amusing i see you persist in expecting something big of me and perhaps something fine that's a great pity for i only give what i can don't talk philosophy you ass philosophy indeed when all my right side is numb and i am moaning and groaning i've tried all the medical faculty they can diagnose beautifully they have the whole of your disease at their fingertips but they've no idea how to cure you there was an enthusiastic little student here you may die said he but you'll know perfectly what disease you are dying of and then what a way they have sending people to specialists we only diagnose they say but go to such and such a specialist he'll cure you the old doctor who used to cure all sorts of disease has completely disappeared i assure you now there are only specialists and they all advertise in the newspapers if anything is wrong with your nose they send you to paris there they say is a european specialist who cures noses if you go to paris he'll look at your nose i could only cure your right nostril he'll tell you for i don't cure the left nostril that's not my specialty but go to vienna there there's a specialist who will cure your left nostril what are you to do i fell back on popular remedies a german doctor advised me to rub myself with honey and salt in the bathhouse solely to get an extra bath i went smeared myself all over and it did me no good at all in despair i wrote to count mattei in milan he sent me a book and some drops bless him and only fancy hoff's malt extract cured me i bought it by accident drank a bottle and a half of it and i was ready to dance it took it away completely i made up my mind to write to the papers to thank him i was prompted by a feeling of gratitude and only fancy it led to no end of a bother not a single paper would take my letter it would be very reactionary they said no one will believe it 
le diable n'existe point you'd better remain anonymous they advised me what use is a letter of thanks if it's anonymous i laughed with the men at the newspaper office it's reactionary to believe in god in our days i said but i am the devil so i may be believed in we quite understand that they said who doesn't believe in the devil yet it won't do it might injure our reputation as a joke if you like but i thought as a joke it wouldn't be very witty so it wasn't printed and do you know i have felt sore about it to this day my best feelings gratitude for instance are literally denied me simply from my social position philosophical reflections again ivan snarled malignantly god preserve me from it but one can't help complaining sometimes i am a slandered man you upbraid me every moment with being stupid one can see you are young my dear fellow intelligence isn't the only thing i have naturally a kind and merry heart i also write vaudevilles of all sorts you seem to take me for lestikoff grown old but my fate is a far more serious one before time was by some decree which i could never make out i was predestined to deny and yet i am genuinely good-hearted and not at all inclined to negation no you must go and deny without denial there's no criticism and what would a journal be without a column of criticism without criticism it would be nothing but one hosanna but nothing but hosanna is not enough for life the hosanna must be tried in the crucible of doubt and so on in the same style but i don't meddle in that i didn't create it i am not answerable for it well they've chosen their scapegoat they've made me write the column of criticism and so life was made possible we understand that comedy i for instance simply ask for annihilation no live i am told for there'd be nothing without you if everything in the universe were sensible nothing would happen there would be no events without you and there must be events so against the grain i serve to produce events and do what's irrational because i am commanded to for all their indisputable intelligence men take this farce as something serious and that is their tragedy they suffer of course but then they live they live a real life not a fantastic one for suffering is life without suffering what would be the pleasure of it it would be transformed into an endless church service it would be holy but tedious but what about me i suffer but still i don't live i am x in an indeterminate equation i am a sort of phantom in life who has lost all beginning and end and who has even forgotten his own name you are laughing no you are not laughing you are angry again you are forever angry all you care about is intelligence but i repeat again that i would give away all this superstellar life all the ranks and honors simply to be transformed into the soul of a merchant's wife weighing eighteen stone and set candles at god's shrine 
then even you don't believe in god said ivan with a smile of hatred what can i say that is if you are in earnest is there a god or not ivan cried with the same savage intensity ah then you are in earnest my dear fellow upon my word i don't know there i've said it now you don't know but you see god no you are not some one apart you are myself you are i and nothing more you are rubbish you are my fancy well if you like i have the same philosophy as you that would be true je pense donc je suis i know that for a fact all the rest all these worlds god and even satan all that is not proved to my mind does all that exist of itself or is it only an emanation of myself a logical development of my ego which alone has existed for ever but i make haste to stop for i believe you will be jumping up to beat me directly you'd better tell me some anecdote said ivan miserably there is an anecdote precisely on our subject or rather a legend not an anecdote you reproach me with unbelief you see you say yet you don't believe but my dear fellow i am not the only one like that we are all in a muddle over there now and all through your science once there used to be atoms five senses four elements and then everything hung together somehow there were atoms in the ancient world even but since we've learned that you've discovered the chemical molecule and protoplasm and the devil knows what we had to lower our crest there's a regular muddle and above all superstition scandal there's as much scandal among us as among you you know a little more in fact and spying indeed for we have our secret police department where private information is received well this wild legend belongs to our middle ages not yours but ours and no one believes it even among us except the old ladies of eighteen stone not your old ladies i mean but ours we've everything you have i am revealing one of our secrets out of friendship for you though it's forbidden this legend is about paradise there was they say here on earth a thinker and philosopher he rejected everything laws conscience faith and above all the future life he died he expected to go straight to darkness and death and he found a future life before him he was astounded and indignant this is against my principles he said and he was punished for that that is you must excuse me i am just repeating what i heard myself it's only a legend he was sentenced to walk a quadrillion kilometres in the dark we've adopted the metric system you know and when he has finished that quadrillion the gates of heaven would be opened to him and he'll be forgiven and what tortures have you in the other world besides the quadrillion kilometres asked ivan with a strange eagerness what tortures ah don't ask 
in old days we had all sorts but now they have taken chiefly to moral punishments the stings of conscience and all that nonsense we got that too from you from the softening of your manners and who's the better for it only those who have got no conscience for how can they be tortured by conscience when they have none but decent people who have conscience and a sense of honour suffer for it reforms when the ground has not been prepared for them especially if they are institutions copied from abroad do nothing but mischief the ancient fire was better well this man who was condemned to the quadrillion kilometres stood still looked round and lay down across the road i won't go i refuse on principle take the soul of an enlightened russian atheist and mix it with the soul of the prophet jonah who sulked for three days and nights in the belly of the whale and you get the character of that thinker who lay across the road what did he lie on there well i suppose there was something to lie on you're not laughing bravo cried ivan still with the same strange eagerness now he was listening with an unexpected curiosity well is he lying there now that's the point that he isn't he lay there almost a thousand years and then he got up and went on what an ass cried ivan laughing nervously and still seeming to be pondering something intently does it make any difference whether he lies there forever or walks the quadrillion kilometres it would take a billion years to walk it much more than that i haven't got a pencil and paper or i could work it out but he got there long ago and that's where the story begins what he got there but how did he get the billion years to do it why you keep thinking of our present earth but our present earth may have been repeated a billion times why it's become extinct been frozen cracked broken to bits disintegrated into its elements again the water above the firmament then again a comet again a sun again from the sun it becomes earth and the same sequence may have been repeated endlessly and exactly the same to every detail most unseemly and insufferably tedious well well what happened when he arrived why the moment the gates of paradise were open and he walked in before he had been there two seconds by his watch though to my thinking his watch must have long dissolved into its elements on the way he cried out that those two seconds were worth walking not a quadrillion kilometres but a quadrillion of quadrillions raised to the quadrillionth power in fact he sang hosanna and overdid it so that some persons there of lofty ideas wouldn't shake hands with him at first he'd become too rapidly reactionary they said the russian temperament i repeat it's a legend i give it for what it's worth so that's the sort of ideas we have on such subjects even now i've caught you ivan cried with an almost childish delight as though he had succeeded in remembering something at last that anecdote about the quadrillion years i made up myself 
i was seventeen then i was at the high school i made up that anecdote and told it to a schoolfellow called korovkin it was at moscow the anecdote is so characteristic that i couldn't have taken it from anywhere i thought i'd forgotten it but i've unconsciously recalled it i recalled it myself it was not you telling it thousands of things are unconsciously remembered like that even when people are being taken to execution it's come back to me in a dream you are that dream you are a dream not a living creature from the vehemence with which you deny my existence laughed the gentleman i am convinced that you believe in me not in the slightest i haven't a hundredth part of a grain of faith in you but you have the thousandth of a grain homeopathic doses perhaps are the strongest confess that you have faith even to the ten thousandth of a grain not for one minute cried ivan furiously but i should like to believe in you he added strangely aha there's an admission but i am good-natured i'll come to your assistance again listen it was i caught you not you me i told you your anecdote you'd forgotten on purpose so as to destroy your faith in me completely you're lying the object of your visit is to convince me of your existence just so but hesitation suspense conflict between belief and disbelief is sometimes such torture to a conscientious man such as you are that it's better to hang oneself at once knowing that you are inclined to believe in me i administered some disbelief by telling you that anecdote i lead you to belief and disbelief by turns and i have my motive in it it's the new method as soon as you disbelieve in me completely you'll begin assuring me to my face that i am not a dream but a reality i know you then i shall have attained my object which is an honourable one i shall sow in you only a tiny grain of faith and it will grow into an oak tree and such an oak tree that sitting on it you will long to enter the ranks of the hermits in the wilderness and the saintly women for that is what you are secretly longing for you'll dine on locusts you'll wander into the wilderness to save your soul then it's for the salvation of my soul you are working is it you scoundrel one must do a good work sometimes how ill-humoured you are fool did you ever tempt those holy men who ate locusts and prayed seventeen years in the wilderness till they were overgrown with moss my dear fellow i've done nothing else one forgets the whole world and all the worlds and sticks to one such saint because he is a very precious diamond one such soul you know is sometimes worth a whole constellation we have our system of reckoning you know the conquest is priceless and some of them on my word are not inferior to you in culture though you won't believe it they can contemplate such depths of belief and disbelief at the same moment that sometimes it really seems that they are within a hair's breadth of being turned upside down as the actor gorbunov says well did you get your nose pulled 
my dear fellow observed the visitor sententiously it's better to get off with your nose pulled than without a nose at all as an afflicted marquis observed not long ago he must have been treated by a specialist in confession to his spiritual father a jesuit i was present it was simply charming give me back my nose he said and he beat his breast my son said the priest evasively all things are accomplished in accordance with the inscrutable decrees of providence and what seems a misfortune sometimes leads to extraordinary though unapparent benefits if stern destiny has deprived you of your nose it's to your advantage that no one can ever pull you by your nose holy father that's no comfort cried the despairing marquis i'd be delighted to have my nose pulled every day of my life if it were only in its proper place my son sighs the priest you can't expect every blessing at once this is murmuring against providence who even in this has not forgotten you for if you repine as you repined just now declaring you'd be glad to have your nose pulled for the rest of your life your desire has already been fulfilled indirectly for when you lost your nose you were led by the nose fool how stupid cried ivan my dear friend i only wanted to amuse you but i swear that's the genuine jesuit casuistry and i swear that it all happened word for word as i've told you it happened lately and gave me a great deal of trouble the unhappy young man shot himself that very night when he got home i was by his side till the very last moment those jesuit confessionals are really my most delightful diversion at melancholy moments here's another incident that happened only the other day a little blonde norman girl of twenty a buxom unsophisticated beauty that would make your mouth water comes to an old priest she bends down and whispers her sin into the grating why my daughter have you fallen again already cries the priest oh sancta maria what do i hear not the same man this time how long is this going on aren't you ashamed ah mon père answers the sinner with tears of penitence ça lui fait tant de plaisir et à moi si peu de peine fancy such an answer i drew back it was the cry of nature better than innocence itself if you like i absolved her sin on the spot and was turning to go but i was forced to turn back i heard the priest at the grating making an appointment with her for the evening though he was an old man hard as flint he fell in an instant it was nature the truth of nature asserted its rights what you are turning up your nose again angry again i don't know how to please you leave me alone you are beating on my brain like a haunting nightmare ivan moaned miserably helpless before his apparition i am bored with you agonizingly and insufferably i would give anything to be able to shake you off i repeat moderate your expectations don't demand of me everything great and noble and you'll see how well we shall get on said the gentleman impressively you are really angry with me 
for not having appeared to you in a red glow with thunder and lightning with scorched wings but have shown myself in such a modest form you are wounded in the first place in your aesthetic feelings and secondly in your pride how could such a vulgar devil visit such a great man as you yes there is that romantic strain in you that was so derided by bielinski i can't help it young man as i got ready to come to you i did think as a joke of appearing in the figure of a retired general who has served in the caucasus with a star of the lion and the sun on my coat but i was positively afraid of doing it for you'd have thrashed me for daring to pin the lion and the sun on my coat instead of at least the polar star or the serious and you keep on saying i am stupid but mercy on us i make no claim to be equal to you in intelligence mephistopheles declared to faust that he desired evil but did only good well he can say what he likes it's quite the opposite with me i am perhaps the one man in all creation who loves the truth and genuinely desires good i was there when the word who died on the cross rose up into heaven bearing on his bosom the soul of the penitent thief i heard the glad shrieks of the cherubim singing and shouting hosanna and the thunderous rapture of the seraphim which shook heaven and all creation and i swear to you by all that's sacred i longed to join the choir and shout hosanna with them all the word had almost escaped me had almost broken from my lips you know how susceptible and aesthetically impressionable i am but common sense oh a most unhappy trait in my character kept me in due bounds and i let the moment pass for what would have happened i reflected what would have happened after my hosanna everything on earth would have been extinguished at once and no events could have occurred and so solely from a sense of duty and my social position i was forced to suppress the good moment and to stick to my nasty task somebody takes all the credit of what's good for himself and nothing but nastiness is left for me but i don't envy the honor of a life of idle imposture i am not ambitious why am i of all creatures in the world doomed to be cursed by all decent people and even to be kicked for if i put on mortal form i am bound to take such consequences sometimes i know of course there's a secret in it but they won't tell me the secret for anything for then perhaps seeing the meaning of it i might bawl hosanna and the indispensable minus would disappear at once and good sense would reign supreme throughout the whole world and that of course would mean the end of everything even of magazines and newspapers for who would take them in i know that at the end of all things i shall be reconciled i too shall walk my quadrillion and learn the secret but till that happens i am sulking and fulfil my destiny though it's against the grain that is to ruin thousands for the sake of saving one 
how many souls have had to be ruined and how many honourable reputations destroyed for the sake of that one righteous man job over whom they made such a fool of me in old days yes till the secret is revealed there are two sorts of truths for me one their truth yonder which i know nothing about so far and the other my own and there's no knowing which will turn out the better are you asleep i might well be yvonne groaned angrily all my stupid ideas outgrown thrashed out long ago and flung aside like a dead carcass you present to me as something new there's no pleasing you and i thought i should fascinate you by my literary style that hosanna in the skies really wasn't bad was it and then that ironical tone a la heine eh no i was never such a flunky how then could my soul beget a flunky like you my dear fellow i know a most charming and attractive young russian gentleman a young thinker and a great lover of literature and art the author of a promising poem entitled the grand inquisitor i was only thinking of him i forbid you to speak of the grand inquisitor cried yvonne crimson with shame and the geological cataclysm do you remember that was a poem now hold your tongue or i'll kill you you'll kill me no excuse me i will speak i came to treat myself to that pleasure oh i love the dreams of my ardent young friends quivering with eagerness for life there are new men you decided last spring when you were meaning to come here they propose to destroy everything and begin with cannibalism stupid fellows they didn't ask my advice i maintain that nothing need be destroyed that we only need to destroy the idea of god in man that's how we have to set to work it's that that we must begin with o oh, blind race of men who have no understanding as soon as men have all of them denied god and i believe that period analogous with geological periods will come to pass the old conception of the universe will fall of itself without cannibalism and what's more the old morality and everything will begin anew men will unite to take from life all it can give but only for joy and happiness in the present world man will be lifted up with the spirit of divine titanic pride and the man-god will appear from hour to hour extending his conquest of nature infinitely by his will and his science man will feel such lofty joy from hour to hour in doing it that it will make up for all his old dreams of the joys of heaven every one will know that he is mortal and will accept death proudly and serenely like a god his pride will teach him that it's useless for him to repine at life's being a moment and he will love his brother without need of reward love will be sufficient only for a moment of life but the very consciousness of its momentariness will intensify its fire which now is dissipated in dreams of eternal love beyond the grave and so on and so on in the same style charming
ivan sat with his eyes on the floor and his hands pressed to his ears but he began trembling all over the voice continued the question now is my young thinker reflected is it possible that such a period will ever come if it does everything is determined and humanity is settled forever but as owing to man's inveterate stupidity this cannot come about for at least a thousand years every one who recognizes the truth even now may legitimately order his life as he pleases on the new principles in that sense all things are lawful for him what's more even if this period never comes to pass since there is anyway no god and no immortality the new man may well become the man-god even if he is the only one in the whole world and promoted to his new position he may light-heartedly overstep all the barriers of the old morality of the old slave-man if necessary there is no law for god where god stands the place is holy where i stand will be at once the foremost place all things are lawful and that's the end of it that's all very charming but if you want to swindle why do you want a moral sanction for doing it but that's our modern russian all over he can't bring himself to swindle without a moral sanction he is so in love with truth the visitor talked obviously carried away by his own eloquence speaking louder and louder and looking ironically at his host but he did not succeed in finishing ivan suddenly snatched a glass from the table and flung it at the orator ah mais c'est bête enfin cried the latter jumping up from the sofa and shaking the drops of tea off himself he remembers luther's inkstand he takes me for a dream and throws glasses at a dream it's like a woman i suspected you were only pretending to stop up your ears a loud persistent knocking was suddenly heard at the window ivan jumped up from the sofa do you hear you'd better open cried the visitor it's your brother alyosha with the most interesting and surprising news i'll be bound be silent deceiver i knew it was alyosha i felt he was coming and of course he has not come for nothing of course he brings news ivan exclaimed frantically open open to him there's a snowstorm and he is your brother monsieur sait-il le temps qu'il fait c'est à ne pas mettre un chien dehors the knocking continued ivan wanted to rush to the window but something seemed to fetter his arms and legs he strained every effort to break his chains but in vain the knocking at the window grew louder and louder at last the chains were broken and ivan leapt up from the sofa he looked round him wildly both candles had almost burnt out the glass he had just thrown at his visitor stood before him on the table and there was no one on the sofa opposite the knocking on the window-frame went on persistently but it was by no means so loud as it had seemed in his dream on the contrary it was quite subdued it was not a dream no i swear it was not a dream it all happened just now cried ivan he rushed to the window and opened the movable pane alyosha i told you not to come 
he cried fiercely to his brother in two words what do you want in two words do you hear an hour ago smerdyakov hanged himself alyosha answered from the yard come round to the steps i'll open at once said ivan going to open the door to alyosha end of section seventy eight